invest in professional development for your entire organization, boost its potential, and see it grow. Choose Docebo, the world's most powerful platform for corporate learning. Learn more at docebo.com. The Bible mentions a monster that lives down in the ocean depths, a twisting and tortuous sea serpent. For the Phoenicians, it was a beast associated with chaos. Then, in Moby Dick, Herman Melville links it to the mysterious and elusive whale. Its ancient name was Leviathan. Later, in the modern age, this word started to indicate the authority that establishes and regulates community life, the state. From creature of the abyss to giant that dominates human society. In 1651, it was the title of Thomas Hobbes' famous book. On the cover of the first edition, the state appeared as a giant made up of many individuals. In the 20th and 21st centuries, the state has shrunk in size and weight no longer as imposing as before, but lessened as per the liberal economic creed. Reduced public spending, unlimited deregulation, strict budget limits. For 40 years, the world saw the slow retreat of the Leviathan. For 40 years of unbridled liberal economics. Then, with the COVID pandemic, something changed. we're entering a new world. A world in which the celebratory rhetoric of globalization has faded. A world in which the state has progressively snatched back the reins of economic policy. English philosopher John Gray recently published an essay, the title of which reflects this. The New Leviathans, Thoughts After Liberalism. The book was released with perfect timing because 2023 was the year that the Leviathan returned. I am Guido Brera and you're listening to Black Box, the hidden side of finance, a podcast by Coda Media, sponsored by Docebo. If there's a word that globally, more than any other, seems to sum up the last 12 months, that word is de-risking. This is the reduction of risk with which the Western world has chosen to reduce its reliance on the Chinese market. There are three reasons for this choice. Two of them are classic ones. To diversify risk, not putting all eggs in one basket and to protect against instability, which in this case is represented by geopolitical transformation. The third reason is more specific. The West is moving in a new direction, but it doesn't have the required fuel for the trip. From electric car batteries, to solar panels, to 5G technology, they all require products that are made in China. This dependency, like any other kind, is both costly and dangerous. De-risking is attempting to take Chinese production and to reel it back onto Western soil because it's safer as well as cheaper to produce yourself or at least within a handful of friendly countries. It's already happening. For example, 
Tech giants like Apple and Samsung are already moving part of production from China to India and Vietnam. De-risking translates to a strong state intervention to safeguard the American and European economy. The 21st century is racing forward, but every New Year's Eve, it's good to stop and check on change, as well as forecast what's about to come. 2023 has been affected by two American laws. The Inflation Reduction Act, which stimulates infrastructure investments on renewable energy. And the CHIPS Act, which points to competitiveness on microprocessor production. The two measures were signed with the goal of protecting American supply chains, and they encapsulate a new direction for the West. There have been some tough circumstances in the last 12 months. One, in particular, was the Californian bank crisis in March. Silicon Valley stocks crashed by 62 points, causing a run on deposits and closing down for hours due to lack of liquidity. A financial shock of this kind, in such a crucial area, was bound to have repercussions on the entire tech network in the USA and in the world. In a few hours, a group of banks in that network suffered from their own crises. We saw a digital bank run, no different from the real-world ones that would take place during the Great Depression. The Federal Reserve moved quickly and solved the crisis promptly while keeping an eye on de-risking. The American Central Bank limited the risks of contagion and saved the wealthy clients of the Silicon Valley Bank. Then, it continued to raise interest rates from March to the summer to avoid the risk of enduring inflation. California suffered its earthquake, but the effects crossed the ocean. The fall of Credit Suisse was certainly a consequence of this, but in general the European banking system reacted pretty well to the impact. The European Central Bank dutifully followed the example of the Fed, and they raised their own interest rates too. A white swan has followed us for the last 12 months. Despite a record rise in interest rates, there hasn't been a recession, unemployment is at its lowest point in years, and inflation is back to an acceptable level. However, it's almost as if the central bank's policies, alongside a new course of industrial policy, have created their own paradox, an ideal world that no one is happy with. Right now, on both sides of the ocean, there seems to be pessimism towards the economic future, despite the actual data. 2023 saw the return of public intervention in economics on a global scale. The policy of state help in the USA, combined with that of China, has forced Europe to launch its own plans for help. The Leviathan has re-emerged from the depths where it was driven by over 40 years of economic liberalism. The state is once more the protagonist on stage, after a long time of hiding behind the curtains. While de-risking was setting the general picture, in Europe banks took advantage of the increase in net interest margins. And the American Stock Exchange rewarded the Magnificent Seven, the tech giants that move Wall Street. In the last 12 months, we've seen a heated debate on the future and dangers of artificial intelligence. In the context of de-risking, 
The USA and Europe have started to work on a series of rules to keep AI in check, so as to harness its potential while keeping control and avoiding any dangers. And so we're once again talking about the risks of a new technology. In this 2023, which saw the release of Oppenheimer, the Christopher Nolan movie about the Manhattan Project. Up on the screen, we could see the past, nuclear weapons, and outside of the movie theaters, the present, artificial intelligence. The year is closing with two wars which are strongly affecting the world. In the age of multipolarism and ecological crisis, Tensions are rising all over the globe, and the dangers of conflict are multiplying. At the end of the previous century, a lasting peace seemed to be a real possibility. Not anymore. From this perspective, de-risking appears also to be a precious antidote for reconciling human society. And this is the world we're looking towards next year. 2024 already has two very important elections coming up. The European elections, with a predictable conservative wave poising to crash upon the old continent, and the American presidential elections, which will seemingly be a clash between Trumpism 2.0 and continued democratic control under the current administration. Joe Biden himself is the man who made de-risking his main motto on both sides of the Atlantic. The new year will answer many of our doubts about 2023. We'll see either the victory of discontent or that of trust in risk reduction. And we'll also see if de-risking will widen its field of action to the housing and healthcare crises with new investments in public services. If that is the case, it might mean that the West has finally given up on that, which economist Tamapa Kati called the anti-poor ideology. Sure, liberal economics with all its anarcho-capitalist vibes is still alive, and it'll fight back hard in order to keep services in the hands of the market and far from those of the state. To bring the world back to where it's been for 40 years, before the pandemic changed everything, the Leviathan is back. The state is returning to the surface, out of the depths in which it had disappeared. If it's true that the present is dictating a new dialectic of power, it also stands to reason that the future is far from certain. Black Box is a Cora News podcast, produced by Cora Media and sponsored by Docevo. Written by Guido Brera with I Diavoli. Editorial supervision by Francesca Milano. Intro and sound design by Luca Micheli. Editing and post-production by Luca Micheli and Mattia Liciotti. Production organization by Alex Pederengo.